When we don't feel like delighting in God, how do we fix our delighter, that part of us that takes delight in things? What do we do when we don't find ourselves delighting in God? Hello, friends, and welcome. Thanks so much for listening. It's been a while. It's nice to be back. Today, I'd like to talk to everyone about fixing a broken delighter. Now, maybe you've not heard of a delighter. Maybe you think that that's what you use to ignite your cigarettes. Hand me delighter. But I'm talking about the part of our heart that delights in something. And what do we do when we find ourselves delighting in the wrong thing. James chapter 4 verse 1 and 2 says, What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your pleasures are at war within your members? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. In Romans chapter 7 from verses 22 to 25, Paul writes, For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, But I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. 1 Peter 2.11 says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. So here we have three different biblical authors all highlighting this reality, this dilemma that we find ourselves in, that in our spirit we're born again, and yet in our flesh we're still our own worst enemy. That our greatest brokenness is not external, it's internal. That we are both the victim and the perpetrator. And this is why the Christian hope is for a new body. That we are waiting, hopeful, that we're going to get a new body that is not corrupted by sin, that will have no broken desires, that will not desire anything contrary to God. But today I want us to consider what do we do when we find ourselves caught in this battle that our own flesh, our own members, our own body parts are waging war against our soul, as the biblical authors say. When we don't feel like delighting in God, how do we fix our delighter, that part of us that takes delight in things? What do we do when we don't find ourselves delighting in God? I experienced this in a pretty profound way recently. In July, I had two of the worst days of my life, and I can't really put my finger on exactly why, except for the realities of those scriptures that I just read, that my passions were at war within me, that my delight was not in the Lord. And as a result, I found myself just in some of the most emotionally dark places I had ever been. I didn't just, I wasn't just sad or or depressed or frustrated. There was this Uh, rage and darkness and this desire to destroy everything around me that I had never experienced before. And it was alarming to me to find those things within myself. 
and to come face to face with the monster that I am capable of being, that my flesh has the capacity to commit any sin that anyone else's flesh has the capacity to commit. And just as Paul said, what is the hope that I have? Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I really think that is the place where we begin to fix our broken delighter, is that we come back to giving thanks to God for the finished work of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ is God's Son, and that His blood makes atonement and is the propitiation for our sins. And propitiation, I know, is kind of a religious word, but let me read the Easton's Bible Dictionary definition of propitiation. It says, that by which God is rendered propitious. In other words, by which it becomes consistent with his character and government to pardon and bless the sinner. The propitiation does not procure his love or make him loving. It only renders it consistent for him to exercise his love towards sinners. In Romans 8.25 and Hebrews 9.5, the Greek word hilasterion is used as the equivalent for the Hebrew kaporeth, which means covering, and is used of the lid of the Ark of the Covenant in Exodus 25, 21, and 36. This Greek word, hilasterion, came to denote not only the mercy seat or lid of the Ark, but also propitiation or reconciliation by blood. On the great day of atonement, the high priest carried the blood of the sacrifice he offered for all the people within the veil and sprinkled with it the mercy seat and so made propitiation. In 1 John 2, Christ is called the propitiation for our sins. Here, a different Greek word is used, hilasmos. Christ is the propitiation because by his becoming our substitute and assuming our obligations, he expatiated our guilt, covered it by the vicarious punishment which he endured. The Merriam-Webster definition of propitiation is the act of gaining or regaining the favor or goodwill of someone or something. So Jesus regains the favor and goodwill of God for us. That by Jesus becoming sin for us, we are now counted righteous before God. Romans 8 verse 3 says this, By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Romans 5.1 of the Passion Version, which is more like a commentary on the Bible, reads like this. It says, Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and now he declares us flawless in his eyes. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, has done for us. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. You know, when we come to Christ, when we become Christians, we all readily recognize that we are not righteous, and we admit that we can never be righteous on our own. And yet sometimes as we go throughout our Christian journey, 
we begin to get frustrated with ourselves that we're not becoming more righteous. And yet we started our journey by admitting, I can never be righteous. I can never be good enough. And so Colossians 2.6 says, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. And so I would bring us back to recognizing the brokenness of our own flesh and yet not letting the frustration of that brokenness cause us to despair and discourage us, but to continue on to to walk in Christ just the way that we receive them, to recognize, you know what, this flesh is broken, just like Paul said it was. It's always going to be broken until the Lord gives me a renewed body, a, a, a body that is transformed and made new. And so until that day, I'm going to crucify daily my flesh. I'm going to take up my cross every day. I'm going to put to death the flesh. I'm going to ignore its text. I'm going to uh, decline its calls. And I'm going to pursue the Spirit. And I'm going to live by the Spirit. And I'm going to give thanks to God. In Romans chapter 4, Paul's describing Abraham. And in verse 20, he says, No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. And as we give glory to God, giving thanks to God, praising God that he's going to do what he said he would do, we grow strong in our faith. And in Romans chapter 15, he says, I pray that you would be filled with all joy and peace in believing. The standard Christian Bible renders Psalm 84:12 this way, happy is the person who trusts in you, Lord of hosts. So when we find ourselves uh, unhappy, when we find ourselves depressed, when we find ourselves anxious, we need to examine our hearts and say, where am I not trusting? We can run that psalm backwards. It says, happy is the person who trusts in you. Okay, where am I not happy? And where am I not trusting him? Where am I not delighting in him? Sometimes we can get discouraged, as I said before, that we're, we're not becoming like Jesus as quickly as we wish we were, and we realize that God is so beautiful and we have failed him so profoundly, sometimes it's just too painful to to think about it, and we'd rather uh, look at cars or plan a vacation or, or work on our businesses, and it's an unbearable thought to realize what it means to fall short of God's glory. But that introspection, that uh, paralysis of analysis, that navel-gazing will only lead us to death, that the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. The Bible says, he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you. We have to shift our mindset. We have to make a choice to begin to give thanks to God, to get our delighter churning again, to to begin to take delight in the Lord. In Romans chapter one, it talks about people who fall away from God, and it says, for although they knew God, They did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. So we see this progression away from God. And likewise, it says that the the first things they didn't do was they didn't honor God and they didn't give thanks to him. So they became futile in their thinking and then their hearts were darkened. And so likewise, to keep our hearts from being darkened, to keep from becoming futile in our thinking, we must give thanks to God and we must honor God 
And sometimes that is a choice that we make by the power of God's grace working in us and not out of some great emotional desire to do it. Sometimes we just have to choose to to put on the praise music, to choose to open our mouth and to declare the goodness of God, to choose to pray and to give thanks to God and to begin to warm up our heart by giving thanks for all of God's blessings, for recognizing what great a salvation has been granted to us in Jesus Christ, that we were strangers and foreigners to the covenants of God. We were outsiders. We were destined to receive God's wrath for all of eternity. And yet, while we were God's enemies, Christ died for us. God reconciled us to himself. He grafted us into Israel. He included us into his covenant. He adopted us as his children, and he united us with Jesus Christ himself, that we might enjoy the same standing before God that Jesus has, that we might become the righteousness of God and enjoy the same intimacy and relationship with God that Jesus has. And we have to start reminding ourselves of those things to to fix our broken delighter when we're delighting in the wrong things or we've allowed ourselves to become distracted or discouraged or or these um, desires like I read out of James, Romans, and Peter where it talks about these passions that are in at war within us, we allow that battle to discourage us or to distract us. 1 John 2.15 says this, Do not love the world or the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. That's the New Living Version. And as believers, we will never be satisfied in the flesh. We've already been transferred. We've been seated in heavenly places. We have already tasted of the goodness of the age to come. And so we're already kind of spoiled and ruined to delight ourselves in this world. If we try to find pleasure in this world, it's going to be like drinking salt water. It's just going to make us thirstier for the real thing. It's going to be like, uh, I've talked before about the difference between a cat and a dog in a swimming pool. A dog can get in a swimming pool and have a great time and just enjoy the water, but a cat you know, doesn't want anything to do with it, just wants to get out of that water. And that's how true believers in Christ trying to live in the flesh and take pleasure in the flesh are. And so when we find ourselves trapped in the flesh, let us not uh, you know, condemn ourselves. Let us not be discouraged by the brokenness of our flesh. Let us accept that this is the state of our flesh until the Lord Jesus gives us a new body. And let us repent and turn away from it and just come back and enjoy the goodness of the mercy of God the same way we did when we came to the Lord the first time where we just recognize, I can never be righteous apart from your gift. And we enjoy the goodness and the provision that Jesus Christ has made for us. And that's where we begin to fix our delight and to realize this world is empty, this world is passing away. There's nothing in this world that can satisfy me. Psalm 73, 25 says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But for me, it is good to be near God. 
I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. And so praise the Lord for the grace that he shows us, that when sin abounds, grace much more abounds, that all of our sin, past, present, and future, has been nailed to the cross of Jesus. The penalty for all of our sin has been paid, and God is not counting our sin against us. God is receiving us as his children because Jesus has already paid the price in full, and there's nothing we can add to the cross of Christ, and we certainly don't ever want to take anything away from it and think that it's not sufficient, that the blood is not sufficient to cover all of our sin and to make us holy and to make us righteous and to secure our relationship with God and to be the guarantor, as Hebrew says, that Jesus is the guarantor of our covenant. Jesus guarantees the covenant by his blood, not us by keeping the law or not us by uh, being you know, good Christian boys and girls. It's Jesus who secures the covenant for us. So when your delighter is broken, don't despair. Don't beat yourself up. Just come back and start to warm up your heart giving thanks to the Lord for all of his goodness, for all of his blessings, for all of his provision for you. And um, that's what I've found in my own life. And coming out of those dark moments when um, I just saw my own wickedness, but also was shocked to, um, to realize how broken my flesh truly is. And I, all I can do is to return to the Lord and ask for mercy. And he is so faithful to give it and to just pour out mercy upon mercy, grace upon grace through his son, Jesus Christ. All praise and honor be to God. He's so good. He's so good. And he loves you so much. And he is for you. He is for you. He's not condemning you. He's not fault finding. He's not uh, picking out everything that you're doing wrong. He's encouraging you. The spirit is with you to shed the love of God abroad in your heart. The Holy Spirit is ministering God's love to you. So today, when you hear the Lord's, vo- the Lord's voice saying, I love you, I'm for you, I'm with you, I haven't forsaken you, I have washed all of your sin and made it white as snow, when you hear the voice of the Lord right now, do not harden your heart, but receive God's grace and walk in fellowship with the Lord because Jesus paid such a precious price to secure it for all of us. Praise and honor and glory be to Jesus Christ alone. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you. My appetite for the things of God is weak When I can't delight in the words you speak